facing challenges, to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I hope you are ready to say yes, say yes, say yes. My name is Tracy and Leslie and I host this show so that we can be reminded every week that we have made a commitment to say yes to spirit in all aspects of our lives. And every week we have a theme and the theme for this week is integrity integrity, integrity, and what does it mean to have integrity with your spiritual practice? And what does saying yes to spirit, how does that influence your integrity in the rest of your life? We have lots of opportunity to talk about that Um, today on Say Yes to Spirit. How is Leslie today? I'm feeling like I need to be in integrity. I don't know. That word kind of scares me when I hear it, doesn't it? It must mean I don't have integrity. It scares you? (laughs) Just a little bit. Like, oh, that sounds like a very high standard. Well, at least it'll be make for an easy (laughs) connect the dots because our most recent show was about pride and um, today we'll be talking about integrity and we have a little practice called Connect the Dots near the top of the show where Leslie just loves to. I do love connecting all things spirit. Pride and integrity, while wow, they seem like polar opposites. You know, we talked about the idea of being proud, different than pride in my mind. But if I'm being full of pride, it seems to be kind of in my mind full of ego or mind with little m. And the idea of being an integrity, you know, it's interesting when I see the word integrity, I see it with a capital I. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And uh, so I would say it's the it's the uh, human opposite of pride in my mind. Little p, pride, capital I, integrity. That that that's how I I see them as completely opposite of one another. Well, yes, even opposites are connected, I guess. <laughs> and see, that's what I love about connected opposites. Yes, I absolutely believe that, and only through, Tracy keeps telling me I have to be able to, you know, fully embrace the experience of the human to, you know, understand that I'm divinely designed and expressing the divine, and, you know, that the uh, opposite of that, the, the human experience is also relative to all of this, so. Well, um, I don't, I don't know that you have to fully accept it, or but uh, it, it, it does exist. There's no. <laughs> I have to accept it exists. Yes, there is no ignoring it. And I have a theory that actually, spiritual, the spiritual experience and the human experience are not opposite. The human experience is within the spiritual. Ooh. 
Well, there you go. That's that they're not in, in competition, they're not in opposition, that the, the opportunity to have the human experience is happening within the eternal life, which is a spiritual life. <laughs> but that's not our theme for today. Our theme for today is integrity. And we're going to take a little one-minute break, and then we will come back and talk about all things integrity on Say Yes to Spirit. Hey, everybody, welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And our theme today is integrity. So if you go to the dictionary, of course, it says integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. It's also defined as moral uprightness or the state of being whole and undivided. So that gives us a few places to uh, to jump in, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, or I really love this, the state of being whole and undivided. <coughs> I am integri- I am living in integrity when I am living wholly, fully and undivided, guided spiritually. Maybe that's why it scares me. <laughs> oh, well, there is that. <laughs> there is that. Um, but isn't that what we say we are, isn't that what we say we're about when we talk about spiritual practice and being guided, that we are whole and complete and we absolutely work from that Place? Mm. Mm. 24-7, this work from that place all you, the time. You get to sleep. <laughs> okay, thank you. 18-24. 18-24. And you know, it's, you know what you said before about the opposite. You don't think we can, I'm going back to that very deep thought, even though say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it applied to integrity. The idea of human experience not being the opposite of the spiritual experience. Was it you, Tracy Brown, that said this? Or someone kind of flipped my world where I always have this idea that spirit is within. Yes. Coming out, was that you? That said the brilliant thing. And that the idea was, let me see if I can say this right. So spirit is everything that the human is inside the spirit. I thought that the spirit 
was inside the human. I think it is. Oh, because so it spirit is everywhere. So it wasn't you then. So, but someone was saying that spirit. I think spirit's inside a human, and they said no. The human is inside mm-hmm. the spirit. Yes, but I I believe <laughs> that spirit is everywhere present. Right. right, right. And so the human body has a has a finite boundary. And so spirit is within me because spirit is within every cell, every atom, every molecule Mm -hmm. of my body is made of spirit. Mm -hmm. But my body is not all of spirit. So my body, my human experience is happening within the whole of spirit. And so you know how we say, yeah, I'm saying it's both. I got you. So, you know, and we use that phrase so much that this is, you know, God is happening in me, as me, and through me, mm-hmm. we could just as easily say, and sometimes I do in prayer, and all around me, mm. because it's it's in me, mm-hmm. it is me, the physical experience of me, mm-hmm. it's happening through me as I interact with other people, and and demonstrating and showing them what God looks like, mm-hmm. in terms of how I talk to them, or it's how I support them, but it's always it's also happening all around me. <clears throat> so there's there is no there's no duality. There's no space that God is not is right. There is. there's no duality, and so it's all God. And so then that would make for the integrity. house I knew I could bring it back. The idea of the whole living in that space of integrity, living in that space of wholeness. Um, would would then be, you know, the possibility of that to always live in that space of integrity, to be in a place of integrity. So, you know, what's interesting about that, when you say it like that, mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, and yeah, sure, that's like, that makes sense. And when I do things that are quote-unquote, out of integrity with what I know to be the truth of life or the truth mm-hmm. of spirit, mm-hmm. it's still happening in spirit because, right, it can't happen <laughs> outside of that. So that's really what makes it interesting or complex or confusing if I think too hard about it. Yes, yeah, see, that's, yeah, you don't want to think about that or, you know, genocide and abuse and all these horrible things are in spirit. If all things are in spirit, then... How does that work? Well, yeah, that doesn't bother me so much. <laughs> That's good to know, Tracy. You can, you have a, a clear uh, picture of how genocide fits into all things are God. Yeah. Would you like to share that with us? We could. Well, genocide. So, of course, I've had a lot of opportunities <laughs> to think about this over the years from the perspective of, how could slavery happen in the history of the United States? How mm-hmm. could how could people who mm-hmm. said they were Christians, who God-fearing. said they were God fearing, mm-hmm. treat mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that way? How could how could human beings mm-hmm. treat the Native American, the American Indians? Mm-hmm the way that they were treated, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, so so it's like, oh, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it on the 
micro level, on the detail, individual occurrence level. But in the bigger picture, on the macro level, Mm -hmm. it's like I really do believe that everything is good or leading to good, and that Uh, the contrast, as, as the Law of Attraction and Abraham Hicks teaching talks a lot about contrast and how we have to see the contrast in order to choose something better or something that's more loving. And so it's like, oh, in the, you know, we think a century is a long time. But in Mm -hmm. the eternal evolution Mm -hmm. of life itself, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always moving to a, a an expression mm-hmm. of God. So I, you know, I kind of get it that if I could stand far enough back mm-hmm. and see it all, mm-hmm. I would be like, yes, those silly humans, yeah, they need to have this war because we need to shift this, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's their way of balancing out the ecosystem or blah, blah, blah. If I could mm-hmm. step far enough mm-hmm. back and over the next 500 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this genocide is actually leading to right. this, this leader or this compassion right. or this something. Right. And in the divine wisdom of God, mm-hmm. being able to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, a little messy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, look, they're a little unhappy. <laughs> but, you know, over here this is what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I agree. So it's like because I believe uh-huh. Right. That that is yes. truly the eternality of life. Right, right. And it's like, okay, I can't really get it when I look at the news and mm-hmm. and see people who are dead or hurt or in pain or suffering. Mm-hmm. It hurts. I'm mm-hmm. sad mm-hmm. or mad. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in, te- in integrity with my... Um, with my spiritual grounding, my question is, what is mine to do now? What is mine to do right now? Not to, oh, okay, well, that's really bad, but I'm not going to worry about it. Um, you know, I know 500 years, it'll all, okay. all be okay. It's all working out just fine. I could do that, but that's kind of a spiritual bypass. Mm-hmm. Because if it's happening during my lifetime, mm-hmm. in my expression in human form, there's some way for me I'm, that I'm to engage with it. And so what is that? Is it being in service to the people who are in pain? Is it aligning? You know, this question comes up just with Democrats and Republicans yelling <laughs> at each other. And, you know, is it mine to choose a party and be involved? Is it mine to go pick it? you know, and protest, what is mine to do with with where we are in the evolution of this right now? And, you know, it's funny, you said uh, it's more difficult on the micro. And I agree in terms of, like, looking at the micro of civilization right now, of humanity. Mm-hmm. But it is incredibly helpful to keep that perspective with my own little individual micro. You know, I have my own little individual genocide moments, you know what I'm saying, that are just seem so dramatically bad. And if I can keep 
Really? The, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's very similar. The, the, and uh, if I can keep that perspective of the uh, big picture in my own life, then it, it does indeed equal peace of mind and, and allows me to stay in a place of integrity because then I, I'm not fighting for something. Or fighting against something. I'm fighting against something, right, right, right. I just reread um, yesterday, I reread Ernest Holmes' Sermon by the Sea. And it's the last talk that he gave uh, at the last Asilomar retreat that he uh, participated in before he died. He oh. died a few months later. Oh, I need to read that. Sermon okay. by the Sea? Sermon by the Sea. And it is so fabulous uh, in so many ways. But one of the things he, he does in this talk is he goes through a list of examples, like show me one person, show me someone who, you know, loves versus judges. These are my words. I'm just giving you an idea of what's mm-hmm. in it. You know, show me someone who forgives versus, you know, revenge. revenge. Show me someone who, you know, does this A instead of B. And he does this whole series of things that, yeah, show me this person and basically you are showing me the face of God. Mm -hmm. Show me this person and you are showing me someone who really understands science of mind and spiritual principle and spiritual practices. And Early, very early in the talk, he actually says, show me someone who is for something and not against anything. Mm. And to shift your focus mm-hmm. from all the things that you don't like and that you are judging, right. it, well, okay, it's not for you. What is for you? Mm-hmm. You know, our Mother Teresa, when she said, you know, people keep inviting me, this is a paraphrase, not a direct quote, but, you know, she commented um, that people kept inviting her to to Mm anti-war rallies, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and her comment was, you know, I go to a rally for peace, but I'm not going to go to someone Mm -hmm. fighting something I don't want. Mm -hmm. And it's so... It's so easy to slip into fighting against mm-hmm. when really what if if all of us who had conviction uh, in a positive way versus conviction in right. we have to stop this right we have to you know hurt these people if we had the same passion and yes. fire yes for what we want and how we want to live and what peace looks like and feels like, Mm -hmm. what joy looks like and feels like. If we went through our day Mm -hmm. with that, Mm -hmm. thousands of us, I can't even imagine (laughs) what, you know, I can theorize what a difference it would make, but I don't know if I can really imagine what that would be like. And what's so interesting is that I just recently, not long ago, heard a commentary on how the studies show that when the government, I don't know if it was who it was, that started the 
war on drugs, that since as a nation we started that language, war on drugs, that the drug problem like exponentially got worse. Yes. And they were saying that now there seems to be a small movement towards taking that language away and, you know, turning more towards education and compassion for the addict and that that energetic shift, you know, will make an amazing difference. And so I think that's exactly right. And how often, just looking from, a, you know, all of America got into that language and you had bumper stickers on cars <laughs> and you had posters up in elementary schools and that whole sense of war on, you know, that, that energy, war on, um, versus education of compassion for understanding, embracing those that... Yeah, are making changes that create what we want, which is highly functioning, responsible people. Right. So we, you know, it's kind of the question that, you know, do you believe you live in a friendly universe? It's <laughs> the most important question that you ever have to answer mm -hmm. because it drives how you engage with the world. Right. Do I believe I live in a friendly universe or do I believe that everything is always against me and I've just got to watch my back and be careful because people are really intending to cheat me and I'll never get what I'm due. And, you know, it's like which tape is running in your head? As my Reverend Mistress will say, the cards are stacked in my favor. And so, like, yeah, do you do you believe that, or mm -hmm. do you believe that you always have the worst hand at the table that's been <laughs> dealt, right? And so, um, and so, I believe if we are operating in integrity mm -hmm. with what with our talk about saying yes to spirit, if I am operating in integrity with that belief. Mm -hmm. My life has to go well. No other way but. Funny story. So um, Tracy Brown's going to tell a funny story. That is, that is sort of reserved for my part of the show. I'm oh. the funny story. Well, guy. okay, it's not a funny story. Oh, okay. Well, then go ahead. It is a story that it's a might. Be funny. It's an interesting funny story. Part. Okay, you could tell. Yeah, it's not part. funny like laugh oh, or okay. funny. Oh, good, good, good. Because really, that's, that's your job. You take You're that away from me. I have nothing mm -hmm. left. So go ahead. So not funny. An interesting of story. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. So, so this past week, I was, <laughs> I was celebrating the fact that after I don't know eight or ten weeks that were really jam packed and hectic and go 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 go. I had a week that had some breathing space. Nice. And I had, you know, things to do, some things to get to people. But I had very few things on my calendar that I had to be at a certain place mm -hmm. or on a certain call at a certain time. Nice. And I was so excited, and I was celebrating it. Nice. So I'm in a conversation with my one of my prayer partners, and and so, of course, she's asking me what I want her to pray for. And I was like, okay, what I want you to pray for is that this week, while I have this time, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that I actually, by the end of the week, feel completely refreshed mm -hmm. and renewed mm -hmm. and my energy is clear and 
Well, you know, all of that, <laughs> um, because it is tempting sometimes mm-hmm. when you see blank time to on your calendar. Out. Well, it's tempting to fill it up <laughs> when you've got a long list of things that right. do need to be done. Right. Right. It's just they don't need to be done on this schedule. Um, and so I had my prayer partner do a, tr- a spiritual mind treatment, and it was beautiful, and it was powerful. Aww. And yeah. I was like, yes, this is great. Less than two hours later, mm. I had the worst sore throat that I could ever, that I can remember having like wow. in a dozen years. Oh, and it, right, see, it's so interesting, not mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. And so it was like it just came out of the blue, literally less than two hours later. And I recognized wow. I have a sore throat. And then <clears throat> like a really bad sore throat. And my, I'm thinking, Okay, you know, I don't really get sick very often, so every time I do, my body does feel a little sick. I have to, like, what do you do when you have a sore throat? I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know automatically. Right, yeah. And then by midnight that night, I would, it was so hot in my house. <laughs> and so I, I actually got up and I went and I turned the thermostat down. Now, the next day I realized I had a fever. It wasn't that the house was wow. any hotter, uh-huh. but I was so hot. Again, I don't get sick very often, so I didn't think it was me that was hot. Uh-huh. The house uh-huh. is hot. Uh-huh. Let me take the thermostat down a couple of degrees. And then I couldn't sleep. And so by the next morning, I was, like, miserable now, right? My mm-hmm. body is sick. <laughs> I haven't had any sleep. And then it hit me that there's a subconscious belief. What hit you is what's hitting me. Go ahead. Probably. There's a subconscious belief that's so deeply buried in me that the only way I can ever really get rest is if I've got to be in the bed sick, right? Yes. Yes. I was like, that is. That's smart, a crazy brand. No. That's very smart of you to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. But and I and yeah, because it came on so fast, uh-huh. right? Right. And right, I right. knew the shift happened when she did the treatment. Uh-huh. That my body was like, yes, we're going to be refreshed by be. the end of the week. I'm like, really? And so it's like, okay, that belief absolutely has to go. <laughs> I do not that. have to right. be sick not in order to get sick. refreshed and re-energized. So I sent. So I did a treatment That's for great. myself. But by now, I'm actually physically not feel. I mean, I feel like crap. <laughs> You've already manifested a, the belief. Right, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, I feel like a three. Right. Like really, really bad. And um, and so I did a treatment, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't even believe it. So you know, <laughs> how can this happen? call that prayer partner. So I emailed ten people. Nice. And ask them to do to go into prayer around this, around you know, around the illness, around the the symptoms, because I realized I brought them, right? I brought them forward, and literally that was maybe at nine or ten in the morning, and by you know five or six o'clock I was like at a six between a six and a seven, and by the next morning I was. Definitely a solid eight. Wow. And and then um, I did send an email out, kind of an update. You know, I've gone from a three to an eight in less than 24 hours. I am good. This is great. 
and um, and one person emailed me back and was like, an eight? You're celebrating I was going to say, eight? you don't believe you can be that ten? And I was like, 12. I wasn't stopping there. I was just, uh, but that was the email. You're, uh-huh. you're celebrating at an eight? No, no, no. Uh-uh. I'm doing another treatment right now, and you email me when you're at a ten. And so that made me laugh, right? And if there was some subconscious there, oh, this is good enough. It's like, okay, it's not good enough. Of course I'm supposed to be at a 10. And less than two hours later, I was 12. I was definitely a solid 10. My scale only (laughs) goes from 1 to 10. Sorry. Um, And so can you explain to me why I'm not on that list of 10 people that you apparently have as your prayer warriors? I'm not, I didn't remember getting up. Email because I didn't call you on this one. <laughs> Just you, yeah, okay. I didn't. Okay. I didn't call on oh, you for yeah. this there one. You go. I rotate my request. You, oh, okay. So okay. that okay. I, I mean, I don't like have a formal mm-hmm. rotation. You have a, but like a I, solid. Yeah, there you go. There I you use go. different ah, people for different things because you know I don't want anybody so. being like it's another person. Oh my god. <laughs> How much can we pray for one person? <laughs> right. So it's like, That's fantastic. Uh, but all of that, <coughs> I think, you know, that connection and that reflection of mm-hmm. what our subconscious belief right. is right. coming, showing up in our life, it's always showing up. Right. So if, if I'm in integrity, mm-hmm. whole, whole, indivisible, not divided, uh, there's no duality, mm-hmm. then things happen. It's mm-hmm. not that mm-hmm. things don't happen, mm-hmm. but that's, I think, partially what gave me the ability to be like, wait a minute, I was tired, but I felt fine at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. At 9.15, I have the worst sore throat, and I had no symptoms. What? No. Uh-uh. And then I actually could hear in my head me saying to people in years past, you know, whenever I whenever I get sick, the first place I'm going to feel it is my throat because, you know, I speak for a living. And, or, or, yeah, if I get too exhausted, you know, then I just have to go to bed. Or I'll say I've heard my in my mind I can remember saying things like, um, I just have to get through these next two weeks, and then I can have a week to do nothing but sleep and nap and read and and rest, and then dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and with my luck, I'll probably get sick that week. Yeah, isn't that the, yeah. And see how, how I love, love, love that awareness and, 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 and being willing to track it back to that and seeing the pattern of that and understanding you know, the, the genocide has a purpose. You know, the micro in my life, you know, uh, it has a purpose. I was talking to someone this morning. We, we, did you see that movie um, with Steve Carroll where he was Noah? It's a funny little Morgan Freeman was God. And uh, he was a senator. Steve Carroll was a senator. And he, God came down and said, you need to build an ark. It was modern day kind of stuff. He's like, are you crazy? And so it was all this kind of push and pull with Steve telling Morgan Freeman, are you crazy? And Morgan Freeman saying, no, you're going to build this ark. You're going to build. So he started, Steve started, started having this incredible beard. And he would shave every five minutes and the beard would come right back. And then he <laughs> like had this, uh, one day woke up and all the clothes were out of his 
closet and he had this robe and he was like, you know, I'm not wearing that robe. And, and he went out and bought a suit and he was trying to, you know, wear the suit and then suddenly he would find himself in the robe. And he had this fight where he tried to put the suit on over the robe. And it was a real interesting metaphor of how, you know, the divine is pushing us in this direction and we are constantly trying to stay, you know, at a level eight or level six and being, you know, happy there. But boy, it's we have this arc. Yes, yes, it's familiar, and it's and it's the best I could ever hope for. I mean, look at me. Look at how my life is. You know, that's 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 something else for someone else. <coughs> and it was really a fun movie. And it was the idea that you know these things that seem sort of out of place and kind of difficult are really do pushing us towards this. You know, we have this inner sort of. Uh, not a contract necessarily, but a, you know, I well, I think they're contracts. I kind of think they're contracts. I actually do think they're contracts that we come in from the other side. But um, I think that many times, uh, you know, my human, my mind, this little M, wants to kind of shy away from the the divine design. Yes. And I've heard old Joel Osteen. You know, Joel Osteen is becoming quite the metaphysical guy. He is. And uh, he talked not long ago. He has been for a while. Has he? Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just catching on to... But he uh, talked about that very thing in terms of, you know, we accept, well, you know, I don't... uh, I had that back surgery, and, you know, now my back only hurts three days a week, was his example. And, boy, I'm feeling really good. And he said, why are you stopping there? Your back, the divine design is not for your back to hurt at all. But you have this acceptance, and we continuously accept this lower level. Right. It's good enough. Yeah. It's good enough right. for me. Right. By comparison to how it was, I'm so much more. And that is that is a a little, that's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It's the by comparison. Mm-hmm. I do feel so much better <laughs> than I, you know, did. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's like, yeah, I need to be grateful and... There's still more. I need to keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, so. I loved your story with that because of that within it. And you know the integrity idea. You know you could have a little bumper sticker that said, you know, what would integrity do? You know, I think that's why I see it with a capital I. It just seems to be, you know, at every crossroad we have the opportunity to act in integrity, or not. Or not. Or not. <laughs> And how does that play out in terms of the rippling of, you know, I will often um, tell the women in the jail where I work and do classes, a lot of the homework that I assign is things like, you know, saying a meditation before they go to bed or waking up and doing some sort of meditation or something, something that they can't really show on paper that they've done. And they get uh, smiley faces or points if they do their homework. So I always start off, asking if they have their homework done if they believe in karma and what is the definition of karma and what you know what goes around comes around and the idea that you know if I say I did my homework when I really didn't do my homework then that's going to ultimately come back and affect me in a negative way you know in the short run I'll get my smiley face I'll get my point but ultimately the ripple effect of having told that untruth to get something that I wanted will ultimately cause more difficulty for me. And so to start looking at, and another thing they say in AA and treatment programs a lot is, you know, play that tape all the way out. Mm-hmm. So whatever this action that I'm taking right now, if it's out of integrity, it might seem, you know, short run better, but long run, play it all the way out. If it's out of integrity, then that eventually is going to 
you know, boomerang back to me. Eventually. <laughs> oh, painful. Painful. Wow. And, uh, you know, another thing about moral, isn't that an interesting word, the first definition you had? Because I think people have such different <clears throat> um, definitions of morality, and I think we um, uh, sort of like go to war, <laughs> not sort of go to war, but, you know, we we really, we we take... Um, we hide behind this idea of, you know, I have certain morals, I have certain standards. And, and right, and they're... And mine are right and yours are wrong. Exactly. And um, so that word moral, every time I hear that, I kind of have a knee-jerk reaction to that. And I, I don't know how to get over that. <laughs> well, actually, when I was reading it, too, it was like, and having strong moral principle, it's like, that's so subjective. Mm -hmm. What I think is moral may not match what you think is moral. Mm -hmm. And and even if, or especially if we go outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. and we go into different cultures around the world, what's defined as moral mm -hmm. is going to be, the behaviors can be very different. Right. And uh, or what's defined as immoral mm -hmm. can be very different, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, and so it it creates one of the challenges mm -hmm. for me with the definition. So, well, if, if I'm in integrity with my own moral principles, that's great. But that's also part of what got us to. The terrorism attacks in <laughs> right. 11. They were acting the within their moral. Exactly. Strong moral principle. Right. My interpretation of this is what right. it means. And to be in integrity right. with my religious teaching. Right. Um, or my, you know, or my, and when you look at war and things like that, with my political position, if I'm right. going to be in integrity with that, then you know, I, then that gives me permission to bomb you mm -hmm. or to, um, you know, create this havoc or to kill you. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets, you know, from a human perspective, uh, really messy <laughs> and complex. Good. Mm, complex is good. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard. And, you know, so it's like I can never go up to someone and say, well, I guess I could. I, but to go up to someone and say, you are operating out of integrity. I can say that you're operating out of integrity with any agreement that we have formally agreed to. Mm -hmm. Or I'm on the Leadership Council for Centers for Spiritual Living, and I could say to another member of the Leadership Council, or really to anybody, in a minister in the movement, you're out of integrity with our guiding principles that you as a, you chose to affiliate with and say that you would be in alignment with. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but just in general, to walk up to somebody and say, you're, you're, out, of well, you're out of integrity <laughs> with what is good in the world. Go up to those abortion clinic protesters and say, what are you thinking? I mean, you know, if they believe they're acting from the integrity of their do. guidance, right. then, you know, it's it's to 
subjective. It's not objective. It's not going to be the same across the board, unfortunately. That would make things so much easier. <laughs> so you can only call somebody out as being out of integrity if it's if they're behaving in a way that is opposite from something that you have agreed to together, that you know this person right. has agreed to. Right. You know, that's an interesting thing. This is kind of, I wonder if I can make this make sense. It's very deep. When it starts off like this for me, it's so deep that I can barely understand it or grasp it. But let's see if I can make it make sense. So I work in this uh, pod at the jail, 64 women living together. They all come volunteer to be in this treatment program. They're all trauma survivors. They all have some addiction. And, you know, it's just fraught with, you know, irritation, right? 64 women, different, you know, personalities, different, and, you know, you've got the trauma survivors and they're starting, you know, all the trauma issues starting to come up. So everybody is just a mess, sort of emotionally walking around bleeding. And um, so they're going to get on each other's nerves a lot. And so we had a particularly difficult couple of weeks with people really being kind of, I say mean-spirited, I don't even believe in that, but anyway, you know, just really overtly, if someone didn't look like them or act like them, you know, not letting them sit at their table for lunch or, you know, making fun of a woman who is so traumatized that she talks like a baby. She kind of got morphed and frozen when she was seven or eight and, you know, really isolating her and, you know, causing her to feel bad. And so these really overt kinds of things. So we kind of had this huge community meeting and we were talking. I, I said, you know, all of you are saying, you're saying that you want to work a program. You volunteered to come in here. You come into class and you say you want to, you know, change and to do these things. And then you're behaving in the polar opposite of that. So what you're saying, what you're doing, are in, in conflict. And so what we have to look at is, is, what, is what, are we, what are we going to really believe is true. Right. And obviously we're going to believe your behavior. Exactly. Right? And so <clears throat> this uh, woman that was in the pod when I was doing another staff person who spent a year with a Zen monastery, which, you know, for me makes her so much more spiritual than me, right? But anyway, she had an interesting point at the end. One of the women at some point said, you know, uh, I am trying to act as if, which is a big 12-step kind of thing, mm-hmm. trying to act as if. So that my behavior can, you know, I'm acting as if hoping it'll catch up to to this what I'm saying I want. And the and Vicky, the little staff person at the end when we were leaving, she said, you know, there's a big difference between acting as if and and changing your behavior for something you really authentically want, and when you're just acting as if to, you know get a better thing at the judge or, you know, my mom and dad think I shouldn't do this so I'm going to act, you know, or there's some external factor causing me to say or causing me to verbalize certain things. If it's not an authentic, like you're saying, you know, even with people in science of mind, if they don't have an authentic desire to work this thought movement, whatever you want to call it, you know, calling them out on their integrity isn't going to do anything because within them there's not that authentic connection to wanting it. It's it's a, you know, it's a smoke and mirrors kind of thing. And I think that when you 
when you really have those deeper conversations with people, you can get a sense, that, you know, are they doing this for some other something than authentically within me really, you know, diving deep into this spiritual game of life and wanting, you know, all of the possible fruits of that, all of the possible nuggets of that, and to really kind of authentically want that, or am I just sort of, you know, playing a part? And uh, and I thought that was really interesting that she said that, you know, that you, you we'll be able to tell in a strange way. Yeah, because, yeah, act as if I'm I'm doing it because it's a habit I want to develop, and so I really am practicing. Is not the same as act as if I'm an actor in your play. Right, right, right. And um, even though the words are the same, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. completely, two mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what am I really authentically wanting? And, you know, I don't, I don't even know that I can sit down and, you know, I mean, I can throw stuff up, right? I can, you know, I have a rehearsed answer to that. But um, how to, you know, really answer that on a deeper level is most likely, you know, being demonstrated by my behavior. Most likely. Most likely. Most likely. And even when we think we're really good, the people around us can tell the difference. Most likely. If they're around us enough and consistently, (laughs) can definitely tell the difference. So, um, I don't know, integrity and saying yes to spirit. There you go. That's just, I don't know why I just see it with that capital I. I see it as one thing. Spirit is never out of integrity. Spirit is never out of integrity. So, you know, that integrity, that micro issue is creating a macro kind of thing. And if I can um, stay in knowing of that and not resist it, it's probably much less damaging. And you know, uh, you talked about that Sermon on the Sea, you know, that old Ernest Holmes, the uh, philosopher behind Science of Mind, at the end of his life became a mystic. I'm sure Tracy Brown knows that. And as a person who's wanting to walk, wanting to walk, now that sounds terrible, <coughs> uh, as a person walking a mystical path, um, I, I, I like that about old Ernest Holmes. Well, why do you say at the end of his life he became a mystic? Because in the beginning of his teachings, that wasn't really part of his language. He didn't use the word mystic. It was after quite a bit of time, like the last five or six years of his life, as I understand the story of his life, that he oh. started using the word mystic. And but he was, yes, he, of course, he behaved all as a mystic from the very beginning. I mean, that's what he, that's what he got so much from especially Emma Curtis Hopkins and I guess the example of Mary Baker Eddy, the the healing aspect, Mm -hmm. the mental healing, the mental practice that he practiced, you know, from his time, definitely from his time with um, Emma Curtis Hopkins, where it wasn't the words, it was the energetic and, you know, walking that walk. And he lived in that way. So, I mean, I think he was always, he may not, I I don't know, like, the reference about using the word, Mm -hmm. but 
he taught the concept yes. from the 20s in the 1920s. True that. And it, the, the idea of the, uh, the concept that two pillars they talk about in the science of mind, the law and the love. Mm-hmm. I guess that's uh, I always look at looking more at the love and you know that the law will take care of itself if I'm focusing on the love. There, there, therein lies the the big time that Tracy Brown and I can chat about that for years. Uh, the uh, the difference between focusing on those two things, but that's I guess what I think in terms of his life, his practice of his life became more focused on the love than the law towards the end. So I will go back and find that sermon by the sea and um, read it this week. And if it focuses on the law, then I'm going to be deeply saddened. <laughs> all I can do is I shake it, my head. I want it to be all about the love, the love. I will. Um, I I just shake my head. There's that's nothing good. else for that's me to good. say. One of the other things I really love about Sermon by the Sea <clears throat> is that it's so interesting. In this, in this cycle of time, it seems often that a lot of people in Science of Mind focus on the law, don't talk about <laughs> the, law. the Bible. Oh, the Bible. But, Does the Bible have anything to do with the science of mind? But, you know, you really can't read the Science of Mind textbook or primary book, guidebook, I mean, all throughout, from the very beginning, all throughout, Ernest Holmes is constantly, he refers to lots of different things, but he refers to the Bible and that whole section is, you know, kind of metaphysical interpretation of the um, teachings of Jesus, and it's all through there, right? He's always he's constantly quoting, and so in Sermon by the Sea, it's um, the, in the second paragraph, it's you know there was nothing obscure in the teaching of Jesus. He just said that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Why don't you take it? <laughs> he said that there is nothing but God. Why don't you believe it? Yes. Yes, I mean, yes, Jesus he, is the ultimate metaphysician. He was the last of the great Jewish prophets with the greatest line of emotional prophets the world has ever known. And, um, you know, this idea of integrity, for me, <clears throat> this idea of, of spiritual integrity is beneath and beyond adherence to one individual religion yes. that the prophets and the mystics and the, the, the people who brought messages from different perspectives, when you are looking at what's underneath it, that spiritual thread that yes. goes through, that connects, mm-hmm. it's like that's what I want to be true to. That's what I want to have That's integrity with. Yeah. You know, it's not that religion X says these three things, right. and so I'm true to this religion. Right. 
No, I'm I'm not true to the religion that was man-made. Right. I want to be in integrity with yes. the experience, <clears throat> yes. the spiritual truth, the universal yes. truth that is a river flowing underneath all, feeding all of these different paths. So, see, so you know what the name of my cult is? I, I, the cult that I will build. Do I dare <laughs> ask? Choose your path cult. Right? Cause I, and we've talked about this before. That I don't want to have a, a, a spiritual community that, that, that I teach people how to get there. I just want to have an energetic space where people come and they figure it out. Because as soon as I have a, you know, book with, the, you know, directions in it, then I'm, you know, manifesting the path. So here I have, you know, this buffet and people can come and look at it, and they can choose whatever they want, whichever one resonates with them, and that becomes their path. I like it. Choose your path cult. I could, I'm, I'm forming a logo as I speak in my mind. But it, it, it's really a fascinating concept to me, and it's interesting because um, <laughs> I have a couple of friends that were constantly talking about this idea of, you know, uh, just their, they work in the field of, you know, uh, what do you call it, Psych, not psychics, but, you know, uh, astrology and numerology and, you know, helping people with tarot cards. And they have that real gift of that. They said, you know, they just keep saying the same thing over and over again. Just sit and meditate. Just sit and find your, you know, find your, don't come to me. I don't have this answer for you. Sit and find. So they're like, you know, how many times do I have to say this? You know? And it's like, I just spit on Tracy. Uh, you know, it's like we do get in this pattern of, you know, looking outside and the idea is look within, look within, turn within, turn within, you know. I don't have to do it outside. And I, I'm doing this amazing meditation that Reverend Beatrice gave me with an orange and just sitting in... You, she has the most condescending look on her face. She said, no, I'm listening. <laughs> it's a, now I'm all verklempt. But anyway, so the idea is you look at this orange, you put it out in front of you like a foot and a half, and you see the orange, the circle of the orange as all of God, all of spirit, all of divine, all of everything yeah. exists in the circle of the outside of the orange. And then you visualize going into the inner orange and what it looks like inside the orange. And then you go into looking at a seed inside the orange. And then you look inside the seed. And then you have a visualization of planting the seed and watching the seed then sprout, become the orange tree, and then making the orange. And it was interesting, when I first started doing the visualization, I did all of it, and then when it came time to plant the seed, I took the seed and I planted it in some ground, and I would watch it come up through the ground and have this tree. And after about four or five days, I planted the seed back within the orange, and the tree sprouted up from the orange. So I kind of got this idea that there's not like something outside the orange, right? It's all mm -hmm. replanting from within itself. I thought that was very deep. And it I is. think it's an interesting concept that we sometimes think I have to go outside of myself to find, I have to plant something out here bah, 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 to grow. No, 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 no. It's inside me. I just have to keep going inside, keep going inside, keep going inside, keep going inside. And I it, love that. Isn't it interesting? And in the, in the uh, uh, desire to have full uh, full uh, disclosure, 
you know, I was doing the 40-day uh, abundance meditation. I did 39 days and then screwed off the 40th day. So I'm feeling very proud of that self-sabotage. I think that was like an A++ in the field of self-sabotage. So now I have to start all over again. It, it, you didn't want it's it to almost end. almost like an amazing, I, I just, I'm almost proud. Yeah, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't want it to end. You couldn't do the whole thing and just say, I'm going to do it again. Woo! Yeah, she had already kind of decided on day 30 I was going to do it again. But I had to, you know, kind of, you know, just right. skin my knee to, you know. So I just thought, I feel good about that. Sharing things with you, that's Tracy, okay. may it and Brown makes me feel whole. That's okay. Pay and integrity. I had to get a sore throat and get sick so I could get rest. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. It's like, what is, what's, what's the tape that's running right. that is showing up in how you do whatever you do? And being able to, you know, hold it lightly, hold <coughs> it, uh, you know, not get so washed away with it's all so dire or so big or so black or so bad or so yeah, good or so bad. Yeah, because 500 years from now, <laughs> the genocide was going to be a good thing. <laughs> you know, we're laughing, but how actually that is something that, you know, it's taught as a technique not 500 years from now, but this thing that you're so upset about right. a year from now right? or five years from now. Right. Will you, will you even remember it or will you care? Right. Um, and what is it that you could do that would turn this from, you know, something bad to something? In this moment, yes. Um, it's the same thing. It's just, yeah, looking at it 500 Hey, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not hooked or as <laughs> you were saying, you know, I don't have to take the bait. Do I have to bite over? that hook. That's yeah. right. So that's about all the time we have to talk about integrity on Say Yes to Spirit today. Please check out the archives, and um, I'm sure there's a show or two you'd love to listen to. There are more than 200 shows in archives. And then um, join us again at your earliest convenience. <laughs> but until we reconnect, say Yes, yes to, to Spirit. spirit.